director had. And he thought attending this event, headlined by people like Leonard Sweet and Sally Morgenthaler, would be a great opportunity to think, learn, and build some camaraderie with a few members of our team. Almost by accident, I ended up signing up for Driscoll's breakout session, which was simply called The Gospel. And it was an experience I'll probably never forget. Some context is probably helpful to understand what happened in that particular breakout. Again, it's 2001, so about five years into Mars Hill and a little longer into the experimenting that Leadership Network had done, bringing together people like Driscoll, Doug Padgett, Brian McLaren, and others, some of whom were at that event. It's also a month after 9-11, and as a result, the organizers of the conference had shifted the programming. Here's Spencer Burke, the creator of the Ooze. We had organized quickly from the Muslim Student Union, I think it was UW, and asked uh, some Muslim leadership to come over and do a workshop. And it was fascinating because three of them were in conversation about their faith and how they connected. In fact, there was a fascinating idea because both there was one male and two women, and they came in full uh, religious, uh, is it called a burqa, I believe. Uh, And as one woman was speaking, every time she gave an answer, she removed one piece of the veil, the head covering, the robe, you know what I mean? And people are like, whoa, what's going on? She goes, oh, well, I can wear this and I don't need to wear this. You know what I mean? Like, it's like so amazing to break down all these stereotypes. And then at lunch, you go to a three-hour Native American potlatch where you'd sit next to Richard Rohr, who was a Franciscan monk, and the tribes went up and spoke powerfully about how they were still waiting for the gospel because uh, Father Sarah totally, you know, hurt them. (laughs) And into all of this comes Mark Driscoll. I think the place that we're at right now is that the the gospel is a diamond and that the, you know, the spirit of the age is just a dunghill. And as that diamond rolls down a hill, after a while you get more dung than diamond. And then Reformation is the place of chipping away and getting back to uh, what originally was worthwhile, that first poetic image rather than all the man-made images that we've layered on top of that. The thing that I am seeing today that really concerns me is a, a strong lack of uh, conversation about God. Uh, God is not the theme of the day. Uh, the Sky Fairy is. We, we have God Bless America and, and we have uh, all of this conversation about this unknown God. Uh, and he's the Sky Fairy or she's the Sky Fairy and it's just like this cosmic pinata that we all gather around and toss prayers to, hoping that we'll whack it and goodies will fall out. And uh, my fear for many of you is this, and I could be a total about this. I probably will before I'm done. But uh, I'm really concerned sincerely about a neoliberalism that just comes in and takes a philosophical concept and then elevates that as a new gospel. Uh, because uh, the scripture is clear that Galatians says that if anybody comes proclaiming another gospel, tell them to go to hell. As you can probably tell already, he's in a pretty different place than he was when he gave the talk you heard on the previous episode from 1997. His posture towards the world is much more us versus them, and pretty much all of the talk about the need for artists, mystics, and philosophers is gone. Even the talk about postmodernity is mostly tossed aside as a distraction, navel-gazing that gets in the way of the church's mission. But as the talk went on, he got more and more aggressive and the air got thick and tense. People eventually stopped laughing, especially as the conversation turned towards gender and sexuality. Most postmodern philosophers are gay men. So you wonder why, if we swim in their stream, we end up wearing pink and singing love songs to God, which is not advantageous when you're at war. Uh, There's a reason why in every nation of the world, in every theology, more women than men come to church. Your biggest problem is getting your men to give a shit. 
if you don't give them a biblical masculinity, they will go adopt a chauvinism. They'll drink beer, nail women, pick fights, and they're not going to come to your church where you got some, you know, will and grace worship leader and you've got a bunch of love songs to some sky fairy. Eventually, he starts speaking even more directly with hostility towards the conference itself. What are you being sold? Let's just be honest, guys. Let's take the fig leaf off. I'll be the one fly in the ointment this week. That's fine. It's not because I hate you. It's because I love you. It's because I've done everything they're telling you to do. And I woke up and I didn't have a pure heart, a clean conscience, or a sincere faith. And I had to repent to God, trying to be cool rather than faithful. Almost an hour in, people in the audience start talking back to him, pushing back and arguing. And I think part of what you hear 